It is Monday, August 28th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. NFL preseason comes to a close. So let the cuts begin. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Texans beat the Saints to wrap up the final week of NFL preseason. Josh Jacobs gets a deal. Will Jonathan Taylor be traded? And college football is back. Scott, what is the Vegas lead? Well, as much as I want to recap the first weekend of the college football season, we will do that in There'll a few time. minutes. There's plenty of time. We have to re we we have to tie a bow. On the NFL preseason. And what I want to do is just kind of run through what we learned during the NFL preseason and what questions we still have unanswered because there are quite a few. So the first thing that we have to talk about is Trey Lance got traded. Uh, That happened. Little Friday news dump. Trey Lance gets traded to the Dallas Cowboys in exchange for a fourth round pick. More or less than you expected. I mean, because it may, last week it felt like, boy, this guy was it was almost an untradeable contract. Mm-hmm. A fourth-round pick's not nothing. A mid-round pick is solid compensation for a guy that you want off the books. Yeah. I thought that it was a good deal for the San Francisco 49ers. And for the Cowboys, I thought maybe – I thought it would be two picks, and I thought maybe like a third and a fifth. But I guess a third and a fifth is the same thing as a fourth. No. A, four, a third and a fifth is way better than a fourth. Okay. Like I mean, a th- like a, thir- a third is better than a fourth by itself, and a fifth. Like right. so, a fifth would have. I mean, that would have been a way better deal for the Niners, but they they did split the difference there. I here's why I don't know if it's a great deal for the 49ers. I think they did right by Trey Lance, and if that's what they said they they meant to do, then they did. But the cap savings are it's like less than a million dollars. You're gonna pay that for a third string quarterback anyway. So why not just keep the guy that you've got and pay him the guy who's been in the system for a couple years and if he works out it helps take some egg off your face uh whereas trading him for a guy or trading him for a fourth round pick when you're gonna have to just replace the savings with another third string quarterback doesn't make a lot of sense to me i think it's just wash your hands of it completely in the controversy that exactly like, if purdy struggles you know there'll be people who are like oh let's see it let's just, see it. just completely move on you know, admit the mistake and just move on. And then in this way, the fact that you got something in return for him, that another team wanted him, just makes you look better. I it's agree. like, see, like there there was a team willing to take him. If nobody wanted to trade for him and everyone was like, we're not paying that contract and we're not giving you anything for him, then it makes the 49ers look worse. Yeah, It makes it look like it was a real big bust of a deal now that, some team out there, the Cowboys, was saying, you know what? Yeah, we'll pay him, and, and we'll send you a fourth-round pick. Fortinaires like, see, we told you, people in this league believe in Trey Lance. People in this league think he could be a good quarterback, and that's why the Dallas Cowboys made this trade. But here is the question. Is is uh, is Trey Lance now the backup quarterback for the Cowboys, or is he the, still the third-string quarterback in Dallas? Because... No, I think he's got to be the backup now, which means, like, what do you what do you do with Cooper Rush? Cooper Rush had uh, played well. He when played Dak well yeah. when Dak was out. So and maybe he's maybe he's the third string. But do you trade a fourth rounder 
and then pay the contract for a guy that's going to be your emergency quarterback? I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe you think your guys can develop him. Uh, maybe. You know, I guess that's that's the hope. But uh, unfortunately, they lost the. They, they've got a new offensive coordinator in there to begin with. They're mm-hmm. trying to trying to work with the guys that they've got in. Uh, and there's a lot of people who actually think Will Greer is really good, and it looks like he's well, kind they, of the odd man go, out. Yeah. It, the move maybe should have been for the 49ers to say, hey, we'll take a fourth rounder yeah. and Will Greer. Uh, but, yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation because I, I don't know what this means for Trey. I don't know if his lot in life has changed necessarily mm-hmm. other than he's third string behind Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush now. Cooper Rush makes $1.5 million this year. Okay. Uh, my, and listen, I, I – when you talk about salary and thing like that and and just pedigree like it makes sense for Trey Lance you just mm-hmm. gave up an asset for him to be on your team but again i go back to Cooper Rush played last year and played well yeah uh it's a sometimes it's it's better to just ride with that i mean he was i think he was 4 and 2 as a starter um for the Cowboys last season uh, so it's a it's a difficult situation because you've got what you know and you trust and you feel comfortable with versus, I guess, the still the still perceived upside of mm-hmm. a guy like Trey Lance. And speaking of Will Greer, I think the Cowboys actually did right by him in letting him play the entire final preseason game. And shine. And just you let him showcase himself. Because now any team out there that wants to add depth to their quarterback position look no further than a guy who, in getting the entire start, 29 of 35 passing, 305 yards, two touchdowns, rushed for 53 yards, and two scores as well. How difficult must it be to see a guy do that and then be like, hey, uh, bring your playbook? Like, mm-hmm. that's tough, man. It's tough as it just reminds you how crazy this business is when, when guys perform like that in what's supposed to be their showcase game mm-hmm. and still get sent pack in the next day. Well, that's the NFL preseason in a nutshell. So that's uh, one, that's obviously the big story that happened on Friday and then carried over through the weekend. Elsewhere around the NFL, in as we wrap up the preseason, a lot of quarterback situations have been taken care of, right? We, we know who the starters are, mostly around the league. We know about uh, Baker Mayfield being the starter in Tampa. We know about uh, Sam Howell getting the job in Washington. Obviously, the rookies, getting the, rookies the getting the job. C.J. Stroud, who threw for his first NFL yeah. touchdown in a preseason game yesterday. Congratulations. Yeah. Bryce Young, Anthony Bryce Young Richardson. and Anthony Richardson. We still don't know what's going on in Arizona, though. That remains the question. And Clayton Toon, uh, who played okay in limited action uh, in the last preseason game, was 9 of 12, no touchdowns, no picks, 85 yards. Uh, but the, the rumors out of Arizona last week were that it was coming down to Clayton Toon or Colt McCoy as to who would be the starter. There's still been no official word uh, out of Arizona. So I, I guess that's still to be determined. And maybe it's gamesmanship. I don't know. Maybe you just say, hey, well, we'll – We'll let you know when we know, and you don't want to let uh, Arizona's first opponent know. Like you just, like it's the Commanders. They've got a rookie quarterback starting. Maybe you want to just say, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's hold this out as long as we can. Don't give them time to game plan. The only reason I assume it's Colt McCoy, obviously he's been there, but also the fact that he was held out of the final preseason yeah. game where the rest of the starters were also uh, out of the preseason game makes makes me think like, okay. That's clearly the, the 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 route that they're going in, but they traded for Josh Dobbs to give them depth and like a veteran at the quarterback position. 
we haven't heard anything about when Kyler Murray could return, if he's going to return, whatever. I think this is a team that's going to be very, very bad this year. And to me, it might just mean play the quarterback that's going to lose the most games. I mean, you've when you're talking Tank about— Tank for Caleb Williams. When you're talking about Colt McCoy, David Blau, Clayton Toon, and Josh Dobbs— mm-hmm. None of those guys are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. None of them should yep. be. Uh, like there was a time where Colt McCoy was maybe like at the, at the very low end of starting caliber quarterback. Now I think he's a a solid backup quarterback. Do you, if you've got the choice of all these guys, do you want a solid backup quarterback playing starter for you? Do you want Clayton Toon, who's a rookie who's done nothing in this league, and no one's going to laugh at you if Clayton Toon falls flat on his face and ends up doing nothing? I mean, or do you play David Blau or, or Josh Dobbs, who are journeymen who have really mm-hmm. accomplished minimally in this league? I, I don't know what the answer is because I, I'm with you. I don't think the Cardinals have much incentive to do well this season. Uh, I think the Cardinals' biggest hope is that they lose a lot of games. Their second biggest hope is that the Texans lose a lot of games. Mm. And they have, at, at worst case, their their choice of one of the top two or three quarterbacks in, yep. the, in the draft this season. And then just find somebody to take Kyler Murray off your hands. Yeah. Which somebody will. Somebody will. I mean, listen, we're look, look around the league. Like, yeah. we're, we're talking about the, the commanders decide to go with Sam Howell. Yeah. Like, someone will take Kyler Murray. And then what it does is you reset the clock. On your quarterback, yep. and then you sit, you use that money to pay to to just fill the rest of your team, and it helps you. The problem is, and and I said this at the time, it didn't make sense to move on from Kingsbury when you've just extended Kyler Murray because yeah. they were matched. Like there was, Kingsbury said, if I can have a quarterback to run my system, it would be Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray said, if I can have a coach that'll play me the way that I need to be played, it's Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Like, breaking them up, I don't know how they think they're going to get a better version of Kyler Murray. So th- that's the that's the part I'm curious about. I think may- maybe you're right. Maybe the Cardinals see that writing on the wall now, and they're going to, uh, when he's healthy, they're going to try, maybe they'll try to showcase him at the end of the year and and try to move on from him. Or, or just he doesn't play at all this year. Makes it tough to uh, to get a good value for him when he's mm-hmm. got that big of a contract yep. and has missed an entire year. It's tough. I mean, he got hurt week 14 last year, so still not ready to come back. And uh, I, I don't think you can bank on him coming back. I don't think you can either. And meanwhile, their head coach, Jonathan Gannon, was asked about who his starters will be. He said, we'll see. No starters named. <laughs> I mean, uh, listen, you're, when you're Jonathan Gannon, what do you got to lose? Like, Congratulations, Caleb Williams. Newest, you know, newest member so. of the Arizona Cardinals. Maybe so. So let's. You'll go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take a look at the questions that are still unanswered uh, after the Cardinals quarterback situation. What is going to happen with the contract situations for Nick Bosa and for Chris Jones? Okay, so as far as Bosa goes, John Lynch has been quoted as saying, like, this is our number one priority. We want to get a deal done with Nick. We've never had a holdout like this uh, with the 49ers. This is our top priority to get this done, and it probably should be. I mean, he's he's one of the key guys, one of the best players on that team. You have to get that done. I haven't heard the the same vibe out of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm, Andy Reid's like, well, we hope we can have him back. Like, uh, it's not – I haven't heard anybody say, like, we're working diligently and tirelessly to get this done. I just see Chris Jones posting that maybe I'll be back in eight weeks. Yeah. And there's no, crazy. no response to that. So that tells me that things things are probably 
advancing better in San Francisco than they mm-hmm. are in Kansas City. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I, I don't see Bosa on social media talking about, if I don't get this money, I'll see you in eight weeks. So it's an, it's an interesting – those two are very interesting because they're obviously it's, – it's particularly interesting because they're both – ultra contending teams yeah. like these are two of the best teams in the league with these great players arguably their best defensive players on both teams who have these massive question marks and are you gonna are you when are you gonna have them in this regular season first eight games for the kansas city chiefs i'm just gonna give you the quarterbacks that they're facing mm-hmm. jared goff okay trevor lawrence justin fields aaron Rodgers, kirk cousins russell wilson justin herbert russell wilson a second time those are the first eight games. Kind of want a guy that's going to get after him. Yeah, it'd be nice. It's uh, again, he's a priority. He should be a priority to them. I've said already. I as good as Patrick Mahomes is, I, I think for that defense to be good enough to win a championship, they need him out there. Yes, hundred uh, percent. The other contract situation that's kind of floating there is what's up with Jonathan Taylor will he get traded and does Josh Jacobs getting a new deal from the Raiders 12 million for one year does that change what Jonathan Taylor is probably looking for it would I mean did did Jonathan Taylor change his mind when Saquon signed like I feel like this it's a, it's a similar mm-hmm. situation right like I, I think if Jonathan Taylor still thinks he's going to get $20 million, I think Jonathan Taylor's probably looking in the mirror and going, I'm probably not going to get $20 million a year. Like, I think, though, that Josh Jacobs signing helps Jonathan Taylor because now teams have a, a baseline to go off of. They could say, listen, the leading rusher in the NFL just got 12 mil yeah. for one year. That's the best we're going to do for you. Well, it's 12 mil. I, I, and if he says, well, I deserve more than that, be like, the guy who led the league in rushing last year just got 12. That's the best we can do. Yeah. So I think Jonathan Taylor maybe gets a dose of reality, but also I think it helps him because now teams have a, a nego- ha- have something to go off of when it comes to their negotiating. So they don't have to sit in a room with his agent or him or whoever and try and figure out what the numbers are. Right. Well, Saquon got this, but we know Saquon's not really a comparison. Like we don't know what the comparison is. Now they have a comparison. The leading rusher in the NFL just got twelve mil. Well, and I think the tough thing for for Jonathan Taylor will be that he hasn't made the like he hasn't made big time money yet in the NFL because he wasn't a first round pick. He, you know, he's this is this year he's set to make more than he's made in his first three seasons combined already. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a base salary of four point three this season, and it, that's that's more than he's made in his career so far. So it it would be tough for Jonathan Taylor. It's tough to see him sitting out because again he hasn't had that massive payday. Uh, but I, I think him him saying, "Hey, I, I'll play for this year, but I, yeah. I want to negotiate for the future." And I think twelve million a year is a fair number. And Taylor led the league in rushing two years ago. Last year was Josh Jacobs. There's your comparison. Yeah, you want it, you're the, you say you're the best running back in the NFL. You were the leading rusher in twenty one. The leading rusher last year just got twelve mil. That's what you're gonna get. Yeah, and if if he gets that for three years. Four years? Happy. I, I'd be happy. Absolutely. So do you think he gets traded before week one? Am I going to win that bet with RJ? I'll say it's getting tougher. I thought maybe something was going to happen this weekend. Uh, but I think now that 
teams are starting to make moves as far as waving guys and getting down to 53 because Tuesday's the deadline. You got to get down to 53, and he's got to get activated off that pup list. Uh, we might find out today that he's traded. I very well could. I think if you don't know, by the time we're recording this show tomorrow, Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. I think if we don't know then, you're probably in bad shape. Still have plenty of time before week one. <laughs> See, the bet, true. Wa- bet wasn't for the Colts deadline. The bet was by week one. But you agree that if that deadline comes, you're you're in trouble. Well, yeah, because it's what, what if it's he's— what the Colts said. And, and what if he's, you know, on the pup list and he has right. to be out for four weeks? Well, I mean, I don't think they would screw him that way, but you, you never know. It's uh, Jonathan. It's, it's, uh, it's Jim Mercer. Yeah. Exactly. It, you never know. Well, there's a report from Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio said that it, maybe Jonathan Taylor would accept a less-than-market value because the relationship— with him and Jim Irsay is completely done that he just wants to get away from Indianapolis at all costs. I and if that's the case, that's great. <laughs> great for me. Oh, well, yeah, that'd be, that <laughs> would be great for you. Like, but then it's like, that's saying, okay, well, I'll just take this. I'll take this pick. And, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll take this pick and we'll, we'll work on a deal later. Mm-hmm. Is what a team could say to Jonathan Taylor then, which I, Maybe. it's hard for me to imagine though. Maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers saw his first action of the preseason in several years. He played two drives for the Jets. The first one stalled out. The second one ended with this. High formation, Carter the I-back. Rodgers under center. Drops back. Lobs one. Front left pylon. It is caught. Garrett Wilson. That's a Jet touchdown. Aaron Rodgers slips a magical throw to Garrett Wilson. And the Jets are on the board. Bob Oshusen with the call on ESPN New York 98.7. And get used to hearing that, AJ. Rodgers to Wilson for the touchdown. It is a preseason, Scott. It was a dime of a throw. It was a very nice throw. Yeah, it was, it was very nice. So, yeah, if, listen, if that's if that's the Aaron Rodgers you're going to get, I think your uh, your optimism, preseason optimism on the the Jets is warranted. It's just it's hard for me to look back at last season where Aaron Rodgers was not even an average quarterback mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. league. He was a below average NFL quarterback. Does that mean he's not an upgrade of what the Jets had last year? Yeah, I, I mean. You would be an upgrade to what the Jets had last year. At Thank you. I've been yeah. working on my own. Uh, but it's certainly an upgrade. But is it enough to put them to to put them where people seem to be think mm-hmm. they're going? Which is uh, this team's winning the division. Listen, the defense is a championship level defense, and we're going to see that throughout the season. They were good last year. They got better, and they're healthier. And if Rodgers plays well, the hype. See, the thing with Aaron Rodgers, when you bring in a guy like him, and I saw it firsthand because I was covering the Jets when they brought in Brett Favre. And it's not like the Jets were a team that was like a legit Super Bowl contender that year. But Brett Favre, when you bring in somebody like that, everyone just steps up their game a little bit. Yeah. You know, you can talk about how, oh, players elevate, you know, all-time greats elevate the players around them. Aaron Rodgers makes everybody around him better. Well, why is that? Is it because Aaron Rodgers throws a better ball and puts his guys in better position to make catches? Yep, maybe part part of that. Is it because Aaron Rodgers, his work ethic rubs off on other players? Yeah, maybe there's part of that. But I also think a big part of it is that the players on the team want to step up their game to be on Aaron Rodgers' level. The Bucks. All those players wanted to play better because they had Tom Brady as their yep. quarterback. And so guess what? If Tom's coming into the building at 530 in the morning, other players are starting to show up at 530 in the morning. I'll, I'll, I'll look at I'll reference this. Um, I don't know if you watched the Redeem Team documentary. 
on Netflix. I haven't. So it's about the, you know, after the USA basketball got embarrassed in oh, Greece. Oh, I think I did watch that. Where Kobe's the guy who ever, Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, Krzyzewski came in. They had the Redeem team, and they were in Vegas, and all the players went out. Like, went out to the nightclub. And so it's LeBron, it's Melo, it's Wade, and they're all coming back into the hotel. And I think they were at the Encore, whatever. They're, they're all coming back into the hotel, and it's like 4 o'clock in the morning. They just had a great party night. And as they're walking in, Kobe's walking out. And they're like, what's, what's going dude, on here? What's this dude doing? And he was going to the gym to work out. The next morning, LeBron wakes up at 4 and goes to the gym with Kobe. The next morning after that, it's Mello in the gym with them as well. And then all of a sudden, everyone's now working out in the morning with Kobe. Yeah. And it, when that's that's what... They mean that's what people mean when they say all time greats just make everyone around them better. And so I think you're just going to get a better performance from these Jets players because they are because they they have a belief that they can win and they want to live up to Aaron Rodgers' standards. Yeah. And the standards are I'm a Hall of Fame quarterback, I'm a multiple MVP, I'm a Super Bowl champ. And I can win another one. It's funny. One of the things that I, I took from the last episode of Hard Knocks was Randall Cobb talking to the other receivers. Well, he, he was, was like, like he, yeah, when he said 12 by accident, but then he changed it to eight. He was yeah, like, yeah. he's like, 12 will get, I mean, eight will get mad at you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. if he doesn't trust you, you're not going to see the ball. Yeah. Like, if you don't do the little things right, you're not going to get the ball. Maybe that does, like, there's got to be, I mean, there's got to be a leadership factor to guys like that, mm -hmm. for, especially versus a guy like Zach Wilson, who was a kid. Yeah, what's he going to say to the team? Yeah. Yeah, so I I, I think you're right. Uh, but, it, again, it's will his body hold up? Mm -hmm. Will will his physical capabilities at this age, which, again, one person in history has been good at this age, will Aaron Rodgers make it too? Tom Brady. That's it. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players, 
and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. The first weekend of the college football season, week zero is in the books, AJ. Week one is now on the clock as uh, we will have games coming up this Thursday and then into the weekend as the college football season kicked off in style in Dublin, Ireland with Notre Dame blowing out Navy 42-3. And then the other big game, uh, you at, not big game, but number six, USC, a 56-28 win over San Jose State. Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, throwing for four touchdowns. They also had a freshman who absolutely balled out. What was your takeaway from the first weekend of the college football season, seeing the new clock rules where it's a running clock on first downs? What was your takeaway from week zero? Uh, my My biggest takeaway is probably that this is the under thing is real. Yep. And maybe because the under thing is real, the the underdogs are going to be more live. And with the exception of I want to say San Diego State and Notre Dame, I think it, it was a two and five favorites cover uh, in this thing. So the, the, the favorites only only Notre Dame. And San Diego State covered, and San Diego yep. State covered because Ohio's quarterback got hurt. Mm-hmm. So five, um, five and two to the five and two underdogs went four and three to the under. Yeah, and you know one of those totals that I lost on, in fact, was the UMass New Mexico State total. And Fez and I talked about this one a lot. Made that bet weeks ago, uh, and had the number at forty four, and um, felt pretty good about our position. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, 23 points had been scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they scored 48 points in the fourth quarter. And so that shot past the 21 that was allowable in the fourth quarter. And it, that one sailed over as well. So, so, so it was 13 to 10 yeah. at the end. Going of, into the fourth quarter. At the end of the third quarter. And what was the number you had? I had under 44. Under 44. Yeah. It's 13 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And then... There is a 68-yard completion uh-huh. followed by a touchdown. <laughs> yep. Okay, no problem. We're okay. All right. Well, with, given the way the pace had gone sure. in the game, you felt 20 good. 20 to 17. You know what? Maybe if it gets closer, defenses play tighter. All right. The next drive, you had a 43-yard completion followed by a face mask penalty, adding 15 yards to the play, followed by a 42-yard play for the touchdown. And that's the moment when I really started to worry because this was this it, there wasn't much time between those two scores. Yep. Then there was another touchdown drive, but that took up a nice chunk of time. 10 plays, 75 yards, 5 minutes 40 seconds. That then, put me at 44, and that's when I was like, okay. 27-17. Maybe maybe I'll mm-hmm. get out of here with a push, but no, I it didn't take long. Then a 56-yard pick six. Yeah. Interception return for a touchdown, followed by another touchdown drive. 34-24 punt. Fumble, another touchdown, 41-30 final. Yeah. 
So uh, that was a 48 tough. <laughs> points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, a 71-point score in a game that had 23 uh, in, in the fourth quarter. It's just it, it was a tough one. Yeah, and well, I mean, listen, your best bet did well, though. Uh, Jacksonville State. Yeah, Jacksonville State winning out, outright. outright winners. Um, and yours had some bad luck, obviously. Well, I I, uh, going on Jacksonville State, I, I tweeted about this. The the pace that Jacksonville State ro- works at was too much for UTEP to handle, especially in the heat. It and was it's hot funny. there in Alabama. When you say it's pace, it's like, well, it was a 17-14 final. There was a lot of ball being moved around, just not yes, a lot of score. Yes, and pace, I mean, like, the plays that, like, they they run up to the line of scrimmage. Like Rich Rodriguez wants his guys to get up and and run a play and then run the ball right to the to the ref and get up to the line of scrimmage and run another play. There's literally no time for the team to take any breath, and it it, it showed. And I think that UTEP couldn't handle it. There was a lot of miscues, but Jacksonville State proved to be the the more disciplined team, the more uh, conditioned team there at the end of the game. And yes, bad luck on my best bet. Ohio losing to San Diego State. They lose 20 to 13. I had them as three-point dogs. Line moved down to two, two and a half. And Curtis Rourke, starting quarterback for Ohio. The reason why I made this pick because he was the leading passer in the MAC at at the time he got hurt last year. He is the projected number one overall pick in the CFL draft because he's Canadian, (laughs) right? So he's the best Canadian quarterback in the country. And he was 8 of 10 passing for 75 yards in the first quarter. Yeah, things were going well. Well on his way to throw for maybe 250 yards in this game, maybe over 300 yards. Who knows? But 8 of 10 passing for 75 yards in the first quarter, you're feeling good. And then he steps up in the pocket to elude a sack, but he ducks his head a little bit. And he falls down, and he falls down awkwardly. And it, he popped it right back up and then jogged off the field, limped a little bit, and I was just thinking, oh, this is probably like, you know, they're, they're going to adjust his knee brace, yeah, right? Because he's coming off an ACL. They're going to adjust his knee brace. They're showing him on the sidelines. He goes into the tent, comes out of the tent. He's still on the sidelines. C.J. Harris comes in. His first half pass is intercepted. He winds up throwing three interceptions. Rourke never came back into the game. And then after the game, all the quotes from Ohio were like, we're playing it safe with him. He could have went back in the game, but we're playing it <laughs> safe with him. And Rourke was apparently very pissed off that he didn't go back into this game. And see, that's where it's it's the difference you get when you've got – a team like Ohio, mm-hmm. the, the truth is Ohio's their hope is we can win a Mac championship this year. Yes. Uh, that, and a game at San Diego state is less important than a game against Kent state or yeah. Toledo or yeah. whatever. Hey, let's face it. If, if the, uh, if Caleb Williams had come out of the game when it was 14 to 14 or whatever it was in San mm-hmm. Jose state or against San Jose state, He's going to get back out there yeah, as soon Lincoln, as possible. Lincoln Riley's like, how you feeling? You back going back? Because in? Yeah, one, one loss in. is a disaster Correct. for them. So uh, it, that's uh, that's sort of the, the deal with these smaller schools who know they're not playing for a national championship. Ohio says, well, we're playing for a MAC championship this year. We're going to need Curtis Rourke to get it. 
Let's uh, let's see what we can get out of our backup here and, and live to fight another day. I understand Curtis Rourke being frustrated. I also understand the Ohio coaching staff feeling that way sure. about it. Uh, let's talk and it's about- just such a bummer because, like, they had, even with Harris playing terribly, Harris was 18 of 41. One touchdown, three interceptions. I mean, the fact that they lost the game by seven points. I know. Given his performance is something. And at the end of the first half, they were winning six to three at the end of the first half. Okay. It's third and 12 at the 13 yard line with seconds left. They give up a touchdown pass with no time on the clock. Yeah. A 13-yard touchdown pass with no time on the clock. So instead of going into the locker room 6-3 or 6-6. It's 10-6. They're now down 10-6. Yeah, That was tough. Let's talk about the two teams that were starring on Saturday and the two quarterbacks that starred on Saturday. Caleb Williams and Sam Hartman, uh, both with big days, although... One of these teams looks like they've got a little bit better defense than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC 56-28 winners. Williams 278 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Hartman four touchdowns, uh, 251 yards in Notre Dame's 42-3 to win, cashing under 49 and a half. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a sweat when no- Navy goes to kick a field goal down 42 to nothing. With a couple minutes left, I was like, "What are you doing? This is you should be embarrassed about this." I thought because I thought Notre Dame was going to go down and score you mm-hmm. because they were scoring every drive. Thankfully, they did not. Forty-two-three is the final, but Notre Dame's got to be excited about what they see with Sam Hartman here. Oh, he brings a completely different element to that passing game. He's he is arguably not arguably he is the most experienced quarterback that they have had under center in years. Like, they, they, they showed a graphic on NBC going through the years of the starting quarterbacks at Notre Dame and how many snaps they had taken prior to becoming the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. And, I mean, they went all the way back to, like, Brandon Wimbush, right? And it, it's – Sam Hartman has quadruple, like, yeah. triple the amount of He's had of a full starts. career. He's had over, yeah, 3,000 snaps, 3,500, whatever it is. He's played so many more snaps than anybody else. He's experienced. He's a leader on the field. He, he's a great passer of the football. And I think him, this is such a, a great move for him transferring to Notre Dame because playing for the Irish this season is going to elevate his draft stock tremendously. They're on national television every game. He's going to have a great season, and he's going to play his way into the second round, maybe even the first round. Does this change your mind at all about, like, seeing him, does it change your mind at all about the ceiling of Notre Dame football this year? And the schedule is still tough. You still got Ohio State. Mm -hmm. That's at home. You still have USC. That's at home. Uh, you're at Clemson. That's probably a, your toughest road game. So there's still some some hills to climb there. But um, like if I I saw what happened to USC's defense this weekend, uh, you know, with San Jose State on on the field, this Notre Dame offense could eat them up. Like I, my opinion of Notre Dame is different now than it was on Friday. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and, and I think that they could win. You know, maybe the U.S. They can win any game. They can win any game they play. Uh, I still think there's going to be a loss on their schedule. Maybe it's at Clemson. Maybe it's to Ohio State or USC. There's going to be. They're not going undefeated. A one-loss Notre Dame but gets a, in the playoff. You're right. A <laughs> one-loss Notre Dame team gets in the playoffs, and I think you have to start looking at the Irish as a team that has a chance to go to the college football playoff. Right now, if we look at the odds 
for Notre Dame to make it to the college football playoffs, you can get them on the DraftKings Sportsbook plus 500. Again. Yes. I, I, for Notre Dame to make the college football playoff. Now they have to win two out of those three games. And they, they have to they win. can't slip. They have to win two out of the three games, but a one-loss Notre Dame team is in the college football playoff on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, plus 500 on the yes, minus 750 on the no, so you can go the other way, yeah. but plus 500 for Notre Dame to make the college football playoff. I've certainly changed my opinion on them. I wish that I could get one of those games early in the season and make that wager after it. Because it, like if they get through Ohio State and mm-hmm. I see them get through Ohio State, I know they'll probably be like plus two fifty to win to to make the playoff at that point. So Notre Dame right now is a seven point dog at home to Ohio State. They are a pick'em against USC. Okay, and they're a four point dog at Clemson. Man, if they beat Ohio State, I I think they're almost they're. I got to be honest with playoff. you. I I think taking the seven at home against Ohio State is a good play. I think so too. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner started his campaign for back-to-back Heismans. The USC takes care of business 56-28 over San Jose State. Do not cover the spread in that game, but mm-hmm. the over uh, cruised. The final score is not necessarily indicative of how this game went. This game, there was a good portion of this game early where it didn't feel like USC was going to pull away. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game was tied at 7 uh, at the 10-minute mark of the second quarter. This game was a 7-point game at halftime. Yep. It felt like San Jose State was maybe like set to give USC some problems. Lincoln Riley, though, makes the big adjustments at halftime. They dominate the third and fourth quarters and get a comfortable 28-point win. What were your takeaways from, uh, from USC's first game of the season? Uh, that their offense is going to be exactly what we thought their offense was going to be. I also think Zachariah Branch is the next big thing in college football. I mean, I was getting I was getting like Reggie Bush vibes. And what I mean by that is when you saw Reggie Bush play at USC, like for the first time, it was like, oh, oh my goodness, no one can tackle this kid. Like he just ran. Remember when he would like change field? He would reverse. Yeah. He would reverse field. He'd take a punt and he'd go to the left, and then all of a sudden it would be stopped. And you're like, ah, he's not going to do anything. And then he'd run all the way across the field and then run it, run it back for a touchdown. I don't think that season ever happened, though. Oh, you're right. That season Sorry. never happened. Oh, I, he, I oh, never oh, saw oh, that. He's suing the NCAA. So okay, we'll, we'll see. We'll find out. But <laughs> Zachariah Branch, he catches the touchdown pass from Caleb Williams, and then he has the 95 yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, this kid's special. And I can't wait to see how Lincoln Riley continues to use him in this offense. He got a lot of Trojans fans excited, and this is a team that's going to score like this every single game. Now, can the defense hold up? I, I, honestly, I think the defense only allowing 28 is a good game. Oh, well, Listen, if that's the case, and I, I will st- preface it by saying – San Jose State's a lot better on offense than you probably think they are. Yes, they're good quarterback in Cordero. Yeah, this is a – it might be the best offense in the Mountain West. But if USC is allow, if, if USC allowing 28 to San Jose State is a good day for the defense – The problem is that they can't allow 200 rushing yards a game. And that was they, – they allowed 198 rushing yards to San Jose State. But they held them to – same thing, 198 passing yards. That's a good sign. You hold a team to under 200 yards or 200 yards passing, you're going to win every game you play. Uh, you just can't give up the rushing yards. Penalties were a big thing, right? They had a bunch of penalties as well. 
But the offense putting up over 500 yards and scoring as much as they did, it's going to be very hard to compete with this USC team. And honestly, I, I don't I don't see them losing a game. I really don't. Well, they won't even be tested until Notre Dame. Until Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. The, their, the first half of their schedule compared to the second half is night and day. Uh, Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona wrap out the first half of their yep. season. And then it's at Notre Dame. Tough game. Utah. But it's at home. It is at home. At Cal, which Cal's trash. Mm-hmm. But then Washington. At home, though. At Oregon. Home UCLA. Mm-hmm. I mean, every tough game that they have on their schedule, every tough opponent is in the second half of the season. USC is going to start out 6-0. And two of those games are at home. Yeah. USC is going to start out, well, three of them, if you count. I mean, Utah, Washington, and UCLA. Yeah. None of those are gimmies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're at Notre Dame, at Oregon. So those five games in the second half of the season are really going to decide what USC is. USC is going to be 6-0. and They're going to be in the in the catbird seat for national championship talks, uh, you know, come the middle of October when we get there. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do then until, until then I just like to see some, I'd like to see the defense not make bad offenses look good. So I don't want to see Stanford or Arizona state putting points up on this team. I I want this team to figure things out, you know, adding bear Alexander from Georgia. I I expected him to be an immediate impact guy. Like I just expected their defense to look better. Mm -hmm. So 28 points to, to San Jose state. It didn't give me like any good, good tingly feelings about USC. And just a reminder, if you had listened to any of our college football previews, uh, USC over 10, even money was my pick in the Pac-12, as well as USC to win the Pac-12 at plus 190. So USC over 10, nine more to go just for the push, AJ. Yeah. Nine more wins to go for the push. Uh, that's, um, that's, I think you're going to get there. <laughs> I, th- I think you might get there. As we inch closer and closer to September, let's take a look at the Major League Baseball standings. Right now, the Orioles in first place in the East. Two games up on the Tampa Bay Rays. The Twins, some separation there with the Guardians. They're six games up in the Central. The Mariners. First place Mariners? All by themselves. No tie breaks. They have won nine of their last ten games. Three straight. The Rangers have lost nine of their last 10 games. The Astros, four and six in their last 10. They've won two straight. But the Rangers and Astros are now one game each back of the Mariners. The Mariners in first place by themselves. Now, how good are the Seattle Mariners is my question. Like, is this a matter of, you know, they've they've run into a good portion of their schedule where they just got the White Sox and the Royals. Uh, They did sweep the Astros in that run, but it's been a pretty, pretty fortunate schedule really going back like to the beginning of August. It's been a a fortunate schedule for, for the Mariners. Or do you think they're legit? I think it's a little bit of both. I think the fact that they're obviously playing good baseball right now, but yes, like the, the team that it's in front of them, the the teams, you have to play the teams that are in front of you Yeah, and they are beating up on bad teams that are being put in front of them. Nothing you can do about that. Just continue to just beat up on them. Yeah. In the last two weeks of the season, I think we will really figure out what the Mariners are made of. The They've got three with the Dodgers, then three at Oakland, and then their last 10 games are against the Rangers and the Astros. Mm-hmm. So the That's going to determine the division. The AL West is going to be decided in the last 10 days of the season. No one hotter than Julio Rodriguez right now. Second player in Mariners history with 40 hits and 10 stolen bases in a single calendar month. The only other player to do it was 
40 hits, 10 stolen bases. In a month. Ricky Henderson. Mariners. I'm saying the oh, second Mariners. Mariners. Oh. He's only the second Mariner player to do it. 10 stolen. Ichiro. Ichiro. Oh, Ichiro did it four times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Julio Rodriguez. Get better. Uh, in the wild card race, it's going to be those two teams in the West, the Rangers and the Astros, who are six games back of the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Rays uh, holding on to that top wild card spot. Rangers and Astros are the other two. Blue Jays, two and a half games back. Red Sox not out of it still. Four and a half games back. What in- about the Yankees? You didn't mention them or the Angels. 11 games back, the Yankees, uh, they've lost eight of their last 10. The (laughs) Angels are 10 and a half games back. So you're saying there's a chance. In the National (laughs) League, we know the Braves are going to win the East. They're 12 and a half up on the Phillies. The Brewers, four games up on the Cubs in the Central. The uh, The Dodgers, excuse me, 12 games up. On the Diamondbacks, the wild card race in the National League. Phillies three and a half up on the Cubs for the first wild card. Cubs a half game up on the Diamondbacks for the second wild card. Diamondbacks a game and a half up on both the Giants and the Reds for the third wild card. The Marlins are three games back. The Padres are eight games back. I think you can draw that line at the Marlins. I, I think watching the Padres lose yesterday with Waka on the mound mm-hmm. uh, to a, a, a Brewers team that, you know, they, it's a good team, but that's the, uh, those kind of games, like you, you, they need to win when they've got their horses going. And I'm still not con- like Fez says, they're a bad team. They, they've got a plus 53 run differential. I can't, I'm not convinced that they're bad, but I am convinced that they're not going to be a playoff team. The Padres have the same record as the Washington Nationals. It's wild. The Nationals have their run differential is minus 93, Padres plus 53, the same exact record. As bad as the Yankees are, the Yankees have a better record than the Padres. Yeah, it's wild. And it's amazing. Everyone's talking about how bad the Yankees are. The Padres are worse. Yeah. Let's take a look at the schedule here for today. The Angels are at the Phillies. Philly is minus 145 with Taiwan Walker on the mound. Lucas Giolito will go for the Angels. Speaking of the Yankees, Luis Severino takes the mound as they are in Detroit to take on the Tigers. Reese Olsen will pitch for Detroit. This is an even line. Michael Kopech gets the start for the White Sox in Baltimore. Grayson Rodriguez goes for the Orioles. O's are minus 250. The Nationals are at the Blue Jays. Josiah Gray going for the Nationals. Kevin Gosman for the Blue Jays, Toronto, minus 260. Astros are at the Red Sox. Christian Javier for Houston and Chris Sale for Boston. Boston's minus 125. Rangers are at the Mets. John Gray for Texas. Tyler McGill for New York. Rangers minus 155. Guardians are at the Twins. Xavion Curry goes for Cleveland. Kenta Maeda for Minnesota. The Twins are minus 165. Padres will send Blake Snell to the mound as they look to snap their losing streak. They are in St. Louis against the Cardinals. They're minus 190. Adam Wainwright goes for the Cardinals. It seems like a good chance for them to snap their losing streak. You would think so because the Cardinals keep finding ways to lose games. And Adam Wainwright has an 8.61 ERA. Uh, The Brewers are at the Cubs. Chicago's minus 125 with Jamison Tyone on the mound. Wade Miley goes for Milwaukee. Pirates are at the Royals. Pittsburgh minus 115. Johan Oviedo goes for Pittsburgh. Zach Greinke with his 1-12 record goes for KC. The Braves are at the Rockies. Atlanta minus 240 with Bryce Elder on the mound. Austin Gomber goes for Colorado. A's at the Mariners. See, just take advantage of your schedule, Seattle. (laughs) Brian Wu goes for Seattle. They're minus 240. Kyle Muller 
back on the mound for the A's. Kyle Muller struck a lot of guys out in the high school. Yes, he once. did. The Reds are at the Giants. Andrew Abbott goes for Cincinnati. And the Giants, who are minus 115 favorites, will send Kyle Harrison to the mound for this one. And the Diamondbacks at the Dodgers. Zach Gallon day for Arizona. Brandon Miller will go for the Dodgers. Oh, Bobby Miller, excuse me, for the Dodgers. Arizona with Zach Gallon, an underdog. Dodgers are minus 140 in this game. Ooh, are you looking at a uh, dog of the day, a DraftKings dog of the day? Could very well look at a DraftKings dog of the day, plus 120 on Arizona. First five-inning line, Arizona plus 124 on DraftKings. Damn. And all these lines brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. Uh, Bet just $5 on any college football game. $200 in free bets when you use our promo code VEGAS. Speaking of promo codes, you guys can go to pregame.com and save 20% off your purchase using the promo code STREAK20. 20% off your purchase at pregame.com. If you've already used that promo code, here's another one for you. Ravens20. Ravens20, STREAK20. Those are two promo codes we're giving you. Both of them will save you 20% off at pregame.com. Just go to pregame.com. You can... uh, Buy a daily best bet package or get a season-long subscription from your favorite pregame pro and never miss a pick, whether you want college football or NFL. And as you get to as we get to closer to the NFL season, you can do a weekender where you can get Correct. your favorite pros, college and NFL, all in one in one weekend. That seems like a great deal. And you can save 20% off using the promo code Ravens20 or streak20 at pregame.com. We also still are accepting entries into the Like Super Contest, which is our NFL contest where it's just like the Super Contest. You pick five games every single week, and you have a chance to win cash, $1,500, or you can win free entry into the Westgate Super Contest next year with free proxy here in Vegas. We're still accepting entries into our Beat Steve Fezzik College Football Contest, where if you win the contest, you get $500, and you can double that money if you earn more than the 44.9 units that Fez earned last year in college football. Just go to pregame.com and click on contests, and you can find those available to you. Again, Streak20, Ravens20. Those codes will get you 20% off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM. <laughs> 